0: Joe Stowell, who is a former professor of Moody Bible Institute. who tells of an incident that happened to him while he was preaching in Romania at a university there. After his message, he was signing some books in the foyer. And a young man who was different from all of the rest of the students who were so smartly dressed in coats and ties came up to him. He was just dressed in dungarees and a blue-jean jacket. And he came and he handed Dr. Stowell a book that he wanted to sign. And Dr. Stowell started to write, and he said, as he was writing in his book, What's your name? And the young man replied, Emmanuel. Dr. Stowell said he stopped, because he had never heard that name applied to anyone else but Jesus Christ. And then the young man said, Emmanuel his heart stopped for him. So he asked the man again, what did you say your name was? Emmanuel. He says, do you know what that name means? He says, the young man looked at him and he smiled and he says, yes, I do. It means God with us. He said, the man looked into his eyes, smiled, took his book and walked away. Doctor Stowell, standing there, astonished. Emmanuel. God with us. Well, friends, Christmas is about the incarnation of the Son of God. God drawing, drawing near to man as man. Meeting him on his own turf. And in his own flesh. Now, as I read the story that was so well related, I thought, what a beautiful illustration this is of what Christmas is all about. It's the incarnation of the Son of God. God drawing near to man as man. Think about this for a moment now. Think about it. Be silent. Be calm. Be still and know that this baby is God. You're walking along the streets of Nassau, Bay Street, you see a crowd of people. They're listening to someone speak. And so you draw near and you listen. And you've heard words you've never heard before. You hear someone speaking as you've never heard anyone speak before. And so you wait until he's done. And afterwards you go up to him and you ask him, Sir, what is your name? And he looks you straight in the eyes and he said, God with you. That's a heart attack moment. And he's standing in the presence of a man and have him say that I am God. Think about it, my friends. That's what Christmas is all about. God meeting man as man on man's earth. God fulfilling his promise to live among his people. Isaiah prophesied, A virgin shall conceive and bear a child, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God. With us. God with us. Be still. And know that this baby that we celebrate this season is God. Now God illustrated what this would be like, what it would be like for him to live with his people from the very beginning of time. It was always God's desire to live with his people. He illustrated what this would be like when he instructed his people to build the tabernacle in which he would symbolically manifest himself as what we now call the Shekinah glory. A tabernacle was always to be erected in the midst of the people, his people. He wanted to be with them and among them in the midst of them. Shekinah glory was a symbolic representation of God in a specific locality. It was not God. It was a representation of Him. It represented His presence in a specific locality. And this locality was in the midst of His people. He did this on Mount Sinai. And He gave Moses the commandments. In Exodus chapter 24, it says, Then Moses went up to the mountain. And the cloud, that's the Shekinah. That's a manifestation of the glory of God, what he is like in his nature. The cloud covered the mountain, and the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. The glory of the Lord is associated with the Shekinah, indicating the presence of God. The cloud covered it for six days, on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud, from the midst of his glory. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the text says, the appearance of the glory of God was like a consuming fire of a mountain God manifested an aspect of his glory to these people that caused them to fear him. Why? Because a holy was in the midst. Behold him, his babe! He's still. He's silent. and know. But he's God. He revealed his glory at the completion of the tabernacle. In just chapter forty. It says the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. then the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle. Israelites would set out on all their journeys, but if the cloud was not lifted up, they would not journey on until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, but fire would be on it in in the night, in plain view of the house of Israel, in all their groups. And so the people of God were led by their view the glory of God they were led by their awareness of the presence of God in their midst and they did not take a step until they saw that glory because of their sinfulness and their rebellion against God God had to withdraw himself from their midst. And the book of Zechariah especially describes the scene as God reluctantly leaves the Holy of Holies and His people is left alone without being without God being in the midst, because the glorious God had departed. He was no longer with them because of their sin, because of the rebellion. They could not see the glory of God. They could not be aware of His presence because of their sin. During this time, the Scripture says, where there is no revelation, the people go astray. That's what happened. The people of God Against him, and God had to redraw his glory, his presence from among them. Oh, so yes, he came back and periodically to the two temples that were built afterwards, but the fullness of the glory of God was no longer with his people. The Shekinah was not glowing in all of its glory because it of the sin of his people. But so then he made a promise that he would come. That glory would be restored. And Zechariah says, Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst. And we could say, again, declares the Lord. And many nations will join themselves to the Lord. Now you see, it's expanding it from the Jews to include all peoples now. Is a distant prophecy, and many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. How will they be known? Gentrified, because God is in the midst. Then I will dwell in your midst, and you will know that the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, has sent me. And the Lord will possess Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. God made a promise that one day he's coming back and he will dwell in all his fullness in the midst of his people, the Shekinah glory will be manifested once again in the midst of his people. Although that promise was fulfilled in the building of the second and the third temples in a temporary way, it was also symbolically fulfilled on one memorable night when some shepherds were watching over with one by night the scripture says now remember up to this time the glory of God was not seen was not manifested heaven's doors were shut to the glory of God the people had no revelation from God and they did what they wanted God had promised that he would come back now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field keeping God over their flock at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. and they were absolutely terrified. The glory of the Lord kind. The an angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. <laughs> Listen carefully. I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a vast, heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying notice now, glory to God in the highest. Notice what is being emphasized. It is the glory of God. It's back on earth. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among people the glory of the Lord shone round about them. That's the of glory. That's the glory that reluctantly left the tabernacle. That's the glory that had to be taken out from amongst the people of God because of their sin. That's the glory that has not been seen by man for hundreds of years. Finally, and long last, returned to be with them. But now it's not in the tabernacle. It's not in the temple, and even on that hillside, when these shepherds saw this glorious manifestation of the presence of God, that was not God. Where was He? He was in that grave, that baby. Where the glory of God was tabernacled. That where is veiled in human flesh. There, wrapped in pieces of cloth. Be still Move. This baby is God. It's God. makes this quite clear. In his description of the angel's words to Joseph in Matthew 1, he says, When Joseph was contemplating divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give a birth. She will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. You will name him Jesus. So what was spoken by the Lord to the prophet might be fulfilled. I want you to see this now. This is something that was promised years, hundreds, even thousands of years ago. What was promised? God would live in the midst of his people in all of his glory once again. Look, the prophet said, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Be still. See that baby? That's God in human flesh. John explains it this way the Word became flesh and took up residence among us. That's what it means. the Tabernacle amongst us to take up residence with us. God has been true to His promise. And this is what God is always working toward, to be with His people. And now He's bringing that about his Son. The Word became flesh and took up residence among us. Now, notice this we saw His glory. We like to say that when Jesus Christ was here, He veiled His glory. And that is true, but only to a certain degree. Because you see, when we think of glory, we only think of splendor, we only think of brightness, we only think of something that is shining. That was hid was if we had seen Jesus for who he truly was with God, none of us would be around. And he was manifested. John says, We beheld his glory. He, they saw his glory in his nature, in who he was. We saw his glory, the glory of the one and only. Notice that. The one and only, full of grace and truth, who came from the Father. In other words, the fullness of truth, the fullness of grace, was seen in the person of Jesus Christ, and it manifested the glory of God. The character of Jesus Christ told those who saw him, God is with you. Remember that. that's exactly what should be true of us as well Jesus lived among men as the God man even as God lived among his people in the tabernacle and the temple and friends that's what Christmas is all about listen now be silent don't think about all of the confusion of this season Listen to the essence of his meaning. Christmas is all about God glorifying himself in the midst of his people by his presence with them. And now, like them. Not only with them, but like them. With them, like them. That's what Christmas is all about. Be silent, be still. This baby is God. Not Emmanuel. Emmanuel is not a name like Alan or John or Nancy. It's, it's a definition. It's a title. It describes the nature and essence of the man Jesus. He is the God-man God giving as a man with man. God is with us. That's what Christmas is all about. God. God. With us. As a little baby. Mama, don't pass that over so glibly. We, we do it so often. Who is with us? of this fact and determine your knowledge of who God is. Who is with us? God. The Almighty One. The All-Knowing One. The Omniscient One. The One who sprinkled myriads, millions, billions of universes throughout a spaceless space. The one who made everything that you see. The one who holds everything together by the power of his word. The holy one, the righteous one, the just one. God. The universe so vast, so valuable. But yet he came. So we were valuable. As I was preparing this, I thought about it. I couldn't be thinking about this body. So I was in the hospital and going through all of these things. I had scans, I had MRIs, I had x rays, I had all kinds of things. I spoke to a lady was doing a scan of my heart done a scan one of these things and you could see it and all of that and she said you know I know you're a man of faith he says why he says I can tell by your attitude he said, you saw that man who just came out the door before you came and I says yes what did you think I said man he looked like he was in terrible shape he said I knew he had no faith he said you know what I looked at your age and really we should switch these charts around he was 36. You were 71. But he acted as though he was 71 and ready to go out. But you have a joy. And I know you, man, of faith because I'm a woman of faith. And then she tells me how she can see people's reaction to death when they come in this particular area. She told of a story of a big, husky man who was hurt in an, a- in an accident. And how he came in and he was crying and he was weeping because heart was going to fail and everything else. And then a lady came in with a two-year-old daughter, heart disease, heart trouble, And she watched her little two-year-old die. But his mother was in her tears. She said, Lord, thank you for giving this precious gift to me with joy for two years. I know that that woman is a woman of faith. You see, in those frail bodies, there was something else. That's where I call the Tabernacle. That's where God wants to dwell. And that's what makes us, makes us so valuable to him. This body of mind is only worth two billion dollars. That's true. That's all it's worth when you put all the chemicals together. No more than two <coughs> billion in dollars, uh, dollars in the economy. But yet, the Creator that the form the creature, the most valuable person, because who can put a value on deity, become dust for us? Yes. Because that's the only way he could dwell in the midst of his people. Beloved, this momentous event we call the Incarnation is a template, a foreshadow of what our final destiny as blood-redeemed members of the incredible body of Christ will be. I want you to look at that because this is what it's all about. This is what we are all headed towards. What is it? It is the truth of God's presence. the your kind of glory being repeated. God living in the midst of His people. That's what the purpose for salvation is all about. To qualify us to be worthy. To be worthy to live with God in our midst. Listen to the book of Revelation. Chapter 21 then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and earth had ceased to exist and the sea existed no more and I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven I don't want to disappoint many of you But that's where our heaven is going to be. On earth. The redeemed earth. Why is earth going to be heaven? Notice. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! The residence of God. The residence of God is among human beings. Get that now. Look! The residence of God is among human beings. Look at that's him. Look in that little cradle in the barn. Look at the baby. God taking up residence in that baby. But now we move ahead to the end of all of God's plan and purpose for us as people. And what do we see? Look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them. And they will be his people. And notice this. And God himself, himself, not just the Shekinah, be with them. Beloved, that's the end, the destiny of the redeemed. For God being with us himself forevermore. That's why heaven, heaven is going to be on earth. Why? Because that's where God is going to be living amongst his people. I say to you again, beloved, this is what Christmas is all about. says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will not exist anymore. No mourning no crying no pain, no more X-rays and MRIs and scans. for the former things have ceased to exist. And now God, himself is among. These people. Friends, I say to you, this is what Christmas is all about. It's a preview of what we are to be forever. The glory of the glory is God coming to take up residence with us as human beings so we could be worthy and qualified, redeemer by his blood. We could be made fit to live for him. That's what he's doing us, for us. He's making us fit. live with Him forever. That's what He's all about. And He's doing that to fulfill the promises He made thousands of years ago. Christmas may only be one small step for God, but it's a giant one for mankind. So I say to you, is something that goes beyond this Christmas in 2007. Something that's different from this Christmas now that we're experiencing. Remember Dr. Starwell's experience that I told you about at the beginning? He was taken aback when he asked the young man, What's your name? And the man answered, Emmanuel, God with us. Now next week, Lord willing, and my children willing, we will show from Scripture that God's purpose for us while we wait to be with him forever is that he might live and be in us now. In other words, it is his desire that we manifest his glory in and through us who have been redeemed by the blood of Emmanuel, who was named Jesus. God wants us now to manifest the character of Emmanuel. God wants us to be able to say to every individual that we approached and we talked to and deal with, talking to someone who God is with. And anyway. that's what it's all about. <laughs> Dr. Storwell, he said that as a result of his experience, he concludes, and I quote him now, The longer I thought about the brief encounter with the student in jeans, the more I realized we should all think of ourselves as God with us. If we understand that, when we understand that we are to live to bring glory to God, the thoughts that we are to be God's representative to our world is right on target. Glorifying God simply means that we are to demonstrate God's glory through our lives. His glory, His expression of all that He is in His all-surpassing running perfection. There you go. Be silent. Be still. And know that this baby is God. God with us in human form. And apart from the nature, the essence itself, we're not divine. Remember that. But our character is to show that God is with us. And if you don't show that during this Christmas, you are blaspheming the name of the incarnate of Christ. Personally, in anticipation of next Lord's Day message, when I put it to you that it is the desire of the triune God for us not only to realize that God is with us, but because we are in Christ, He wants us to be Emmanuel in character, allowing God the Holy Spirit to live out the life of God the Son through us so that God the Father we, glor- we glorified. In other words, in the words of the Apostle John, we are to be in the world as He, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, Is in the world. Pretend. John says we are to be in the world even as he is in the world. How was he in the world? As God among sinful human beings. For in spite of that, the glory of God shone through his life, his grace, his truthfulness. That's what Christmas is all about. We too, in a small way, should be Emmanuel. Living out that God is with us. And so I ask you as I close today will others see God in you this Christmas season? Or will you be just another name? Who say they believe in Jesus, but they live as though he was only a baby and not God with us. Do you live as an Emmanuel or just another name?